Chapter 2, Enlightenment, from the book Seeing with an Eye of Faith by Grant von Harrison. The word enlightenment has multiple meanings. When someone is effectively instructed, we say they are enlightened. If someone is well informed, we say they are enlightened. However, the connotation of the word goes beyond conveying and understanding information. In some instances, the terms enlightenment and edification are used interchangeably. We also use the term to describe someone who is endowed with spiritual understanding. We can be enlightened to a degree through study, instruction, and experience. However, total enlightenment can only be realized through personal revelation from God. By the power of the Spirit, our eyes were opened and our understandings were enlightened, so as to see and understand the things of God. Doctrine and Covenants 76, verse 12. If we are spiritually enlightened, we will be free of ignorance, bias, prejudice, and any other inappropriate behavior that can be attributed to a lack of knowledge or understanding. Satan would have us believe enlightenment frees us from society's conventions and the tenets of religion. He would like to, us to believe that all moral and ethical rules are contrived by men. He realizes that if we are spiritually enlightened, we'll be we will not be susceptible to his enticings. The word light is used in the scriptures to refer to the power and influence of the Lord's Spirit in enlightening our minds. And the light which shineth, which giveth you light, is through him who enlighteneth your eyes, which is the same light that quickeneth your understandings. Doctrine and Covenants 88.11 See also Doctrine and Covenants 93.28 Alma 32 and 35 the Book of Mormon explains how spiritual light converts people to God. Ammon knew that the dark veil of unbelief was being cast away from King Lamoni's mind. And the light which did light up his mind, which was the light of the glory of God, which was a marvelous light of his goodness, yea, his light had infused such joy into his soul, the cloud of darkness having been dispelled and the light of everlasting life, was lit up in his soul, yea, he knew that this had overcome his natural frame, and he was carried away in God. Alma 19, verse 6. In the context of these scriptures, light is mental and spiritual enlightenment from God, which enables men to receive truth and knowledge and gain salvation. Light is an attribute of deity and shines forth from him. Reference for McConkie, page 444. The scriptures also explain that we receive light from God through our mind's eye. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I will impart unto you of my spirit, which shall enlighten your mind. Doctrine and Covenants 11.13. See also Doctrine and Covenants 88.11. Enos 1.10. As mortals, we are capable of receiving light from the Lord because our pre-mortal spirits are housed in our physical bodies. As the book of Job explains, there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Job 32.8 When something is revealed to us, or our understanding is quickened, or when our memory is facilitated by the Spirit of the Lord, we have been enlightened. Just as the, the light of day makes it easier for us to see the world around us, the light of the Lord enhances our ability to see and comprehend things more clearly in our mind's eye. When we are enlightened by the Spirit, we will not only be able to see and understand things better, we will be able to under we will begin to use our mind's eye in new ways. Psalms eighteen twenty eight, Alma thirty two thirty eight, D and C eighty eight 
5 through 11. By means of our mind's eye, we are able to successfully in integrate knowledge, experience, and spiritual enlightenment. Spiritual enlightenment influences the functions of the mind's eye in many ways, especially in our sense of right and wrong. The Lord has revealed that every person born is enlightened to some degree by the Spirit of the Lord. Doctrine and Covenants 93.2.84.45-47 This ensures that every man might know good from evil. Moroni 7.16 The light that entices men to do what is right is called conscience. Conscience is a gift and does not require any effort or ordination to become operative. Conscience gives us the ability to intuitively determine if our conduct and intentions are righteous and appropriate. Unless we do things to sear our conscience. 1 Timothy 4.2 Our instinctive disposition is to be righteous. Every person is endowed with sufficient light to recognize truth. This ensures that if people are taught the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are capable of understanding the doctrines and perceiving its truthfulness. Consequently, any man whose spirit receiveth not the light is under condemnation. D&C 93.32 When people accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are called out of darkness into his marvel marvelous light. 1 Peter 2.9 once people accept the gospel of Jesus Christ and are baptized, they are entitled to additional light through the power of the Holy Ghost. The right to receive greater light through the Holy Ghost is conferred by the laying on of hands by those who hold the Melchizedek priesthood. See D&C 35.6. With this gift, members of Christ's true church have greater capacity to receive light than they did before receiving the Holy Ghost. However, the actual receipt of additional light is contingent unworthiness, and desire. If baptized members of Christ's church maintain the standards prescribed by the Lord, they are entitled to ask the Father in Christ's name, in faith, believing that they shall receive, and then they shall have the Holy Ghost. D&C 18.18 Unfortunately, some members of the church do not realize they have to seek the gift of the Holy Ghost. Through a modern-day prophet, the Lord has said that the Holy Ghost manifesteth all things which are expedient unto the children of men. D&C 18.18 Therefore, we have the assurance that the witness of the Spirit will confirm truth in our hearts when we hear it, especially truth regarding the divinity of Jesus Christ and the existence of God. See D&C 20.26-27 We can also have other types of knowledge revealed to us through the Holy Ghost. D&C 35.19 121.26 The Lord has promised that we will consistently receive more light if we are true to the light we receive. D&C 50.23-24 Psalms 36 verse 9 Thus as our endowment of light increases, our biases, misconceptions, prejudices, carnal inclinations, and the like will diminish. We will cultivate God-like attributes such as patience, hope, and love. Because we will be judged according to how much light we receive, it is essential that we learn to live in, a, in accordance with that light. The Lord clearly explains the consequences if we don't when he states, For of him unto whom much is given, much is required, and he who sins against the greater light shall receive the greater condemnation. D&C 82.3, Alma 24.30, Alma 45.12 Further unrighteousness can lead to losing the light we once had, 
Not living in accordance with the light we have received results in the loss of light, and with the loss of light we can lose our ability to discern between good and evil. Titus 1.15 Alma 12.10-11 DNC 1.33 DNC 84.54 Satan desires that we forsake light and embrace evil. DNC 93.39 In reference to the power and influence of the devil and his followers, the Lord uses the term darkness. And their hearts are corrupt and full of wickedness and abominations, and they love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Therefore, they will not ask of me. DNC 10.21 2 Nephi 25.10 John 3.19-21 DNC 29.45 Matthew 6.23 Christ explains that in the same way our light increases through righteousness, it decreases through wickedness. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? 3 Nephi 13.23 Besides being aware of the influence of light on our inclination to live righteously, it is important that we are aware of the relationship between light and intelligence. The implications of either increasing or decreasing our light cannot be understood fully until we understand light's influence on the functions of our mind. Terms like intellect, aptitude, and intelligence describe the ability of the mind to reason, think, learn, and understand. From the turn of the century, efforts have been made to devise ways of measuring intelligence. Since then, norms have been established with which it is possible to compare scores on intelligence tests. People who score below 90 are considered to have below average intelligence. If a person's score is above 120, he is considered to be gifted. Even though much thought and money have gone toward measuring intelligence, research shows only a glimpse of a person's capacity. Even though IQ tests are considered measures of a person's ability, people conversant with the tests, theory, and rationale are the first to admit that they do not begin to, they do not begin to provide an absolute measure of a person's intelligence. Research suggests there are more dimensions to intelligence than we originally assumed. Uh, also, it appears that people quite limited in scholastic aptitude are highly intelligent in other aspects. The reverse also seems true. People with a high scholastic aptitude are sometimes limited in dealing with practical situations. We now know people evidence genius in ways besides scholastic ability. Our complex society makes the diversification of genius very apparent. In every profession, there are those who stand out because of genius. Their ability to do or understand is superior, and consequently, their performance on the job is superior. Intelligence is a human attribute that obviously influences performance. The Lord has revealed the importance of seeking intelligence. Whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. DNC 130, 18 and 19. The Lord also defines intelligence when he states, The glory of God is intelligence, or in other words, light and truth. DNC 93, 36. If we accept the word of the Lord, we should concern ourselves with our intellectual ability. Our desire should be to, 
to gain as much intelligence as possible because our abilities in the eternities will be determined substantially by the intelligence we develop in mortality. At the turn of the century, most scholars believed intellectual ability was genetically determined. This belief led to conclude that a person's intellectual ability would remain constant from year to year. In subsequent years, however, studies have concluded that intelligence is also influenced by environment. Today, most believe that a person's childhood environment plays a role in determining his, his intelligence. The question in recent years has been whether or not a person's intellect can be increased in ways besides childhood environment. Even though historically it has been assumed that one's basic intellect is limited, research now suggests that intellectual abilities can be enhanced. If we accept the basic tenet of the gospel of Jesus Christ that our spirits are divine, literally the offspring of God, we must reject the belief that human intellect is limited. And if our spirits are literally begotten of God, it follows that we inherit from Him an unlimited capacity to increase our abilities. If we conclude that our ability to increase our intellectual capacity is unlimited, we then become responsible to do two things. One, become aware of those things that can increase our intellectual capacity. Two, take advantage of them. Although scholars have investigated various factors they feel will potentially increase intellectual ability, they have overlooked the obvious, the Spirit of the Lord. When we are enlightened by the Spirit of the Lord, every function of the mind's eye and human intellect is expanded. With the perspective of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we realize intelligence encompasses much more than the capacity to understand academic subjects. It is the wise and constructive use of all knowledge and judgment guided by inspiration. Intelligence used without inspiration, the intelligence the world knows, can result in unrighteousness. Its constructive use requires wisdom, and wisdom is a gift of the Spirit. Commenting on the source of wisdom, Brigham Young said, There is only one source from whence men obtain wisdom, and that is God, the fountain of all wisdom. And though men may claim to make discoveries by their own wisdom, by meditation and reflection, they are indebted to our Father in heaven for all. Journal of Discourses. If we are not worthy to be guided by the Lord's inspiration, we will not make wise use of knowledge and intellect. Um, see Psalms 111, verse 10. Brigham Young commented on our responsibility to make wise use of intelligence. No being possesses intelligence in any degree that he has not received from God of heaven or in other words, from the fountain of all intelligence, whether he acknowledges his God in it or not. All mechanism, good government, wholesome principle, and true philosophy of whatever name or nature flows from God to finite man. What for? To determine what he will do with it. It is for his improvement and advancement in the arts of civilized life, morality, and true religion. Uh, J.D. 7.141 The Lord has promised that if we are righteous, our wisdom shall be great. D.N.C. 76.9 The reverse is also true. The Lord has warned that if people persist in their evil ways, he will darken their minds, or in other words, restrict their ability to use their intellect wisely. He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. John twelve forty. See also Ephesians four eighteen, Second Nephi sixteen ten.
Solomon is an example of someone who is qualified for light and consequently was blessed with, with great wisdom. And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all kings of the earth which had heard of his wisdom. 1 Kings 4.34 Later, when Solomon fell into apostasy, he lost his special gift because the light of the Lord left him. See 1 Kings 11. Light not only increases our capacity to make wise and constructive use of our intellect, but increases our ability to understand. See D&C 88.11 Brigham Young spoke regarding the promise that the Spirit of the Lord will enlighten our understanding. The Spirit of truth will lead to God, the fountain of light, where the gate will be open and the mind will be enlightened, so that we shall see, know, and understand things as they are. Journal of Discourses 13.336 The scriptures make it clear that intelligence can be facilitated by the Spirit, and that, unless it is, some matters cannot be understood by means of intellect alone. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2, 13-14 See also D&C 67.10, Mosiah 26.3 Deuteronomy 29.4, Ether 4.15 The influence of light in our lives is unlimited. Not only does it enhance our understanding, but also our abilities. Through the power and influence of light, weaknesses can become strengths. Ether 12.27 When our abilities are enhanced significantly as a result of the influence of light, we say we have been magnified. Our divine nature becomes evident because our abilities transcend our own experience and basic intellect. If our divine nature is cultivated, we will have the ability to control our appetites and passions and will be successful in our efforts to overcome weaknesses. Spirituality is the term we use to describe the manifestation of our divine nature. President David O. McKay defines spirituality as the consciousness of victory over self and of communion with the infinite. Spirituality impels one to conquer difficulties and acquire more and more strength. McKay, page 390. Our perspective of ourselves influences how we see things in our mind's eye. If our spirituality consistently increases, in time we will develop a divine perspective. We will have a clear understanding of what is pertinent to our happiness and general well-being. See D&C 4261. We will have a sense of inner peace and our soul, our eternal self, will be filled with joy. D&C 11.13 We will begin to see in ways we never have seen before. In the most literal sense of the word, our mind's eye will be opened. We will begin to see things the way God sees them.